Jackie? Mm-hmm. You can put your drink right here. You know. Oh, there, there he go. goes. <laughs> I'm ready to go now. All right. All the way from Italy. All the way from Italy. Make make sure that you make sure that you understand that it's Naples, Italy now. Yeah, you're right. Okay, Naples. Naples. This is like its own country. They they, they uh, this is this is interesting over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, right. So, is everybody ready to get started? I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay, here we go. Three, two, one. How long have you been in the Navy? Oh, me blow me life. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. We have 40 years of Naval service. And each week we discuss a potpourri of topics, which we like to call smoke pit topics. These are real world topics that concern us, our marriage, and our Navy with a sailor twist. So join us each week as we dive into the deep end. Booyah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to E14 Podcast. I'm Jamie Britt. And I'm Heath Britt. And together we are E14. And today we have with us a very special guest, CMC Gonzalez from Naples, Italy. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. Thanks for the opportunities. Uh, It's an honor for me to be able to join you guys all the way from Naples, Italy. Thank you. Thanks. So before we get started, let me go ahead and put out our disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of our own and not the United States Navy or our respective commands. You know what that means, right? Go ahead. You can take it or leave it. That's my that's my catchphrase, CMC. (laughs) So CMC, all the way from Naples, Italy, would you please introduce yourself for us? Hey guys, uh, my name is JJ Gonzalez and I'm currently the Command Master Chief for US Sixth Fleet. Uh, has a pretty powerful motto and that motto is power for peace. So I, I absolutely love this duty station. I've been in the Navy now for 26 years. I started as a gas turbine electrician. Then I became a Navy counselor. And then of course I went into the Command Senior Chief Pipeline and now I am uh, a Command Master Chief um, this is uh, my fourth tour as a command master chief. I was the uh, command senior enlisted leader for the USS Reuben James out of Pearl Harbor, Hawaii. Then I was the uh, command senior enlisted leader for Naval Base Guam, uh, one of my favorite places on earth. And then I went on to Fourth Fleet, US Fourth Fleet out of Mayport, uh, Florida. And now on my current assignment, um, the US Sixth Fleet. I have orders in hand, so I am in route to uh, the Navy Leadership and Ethics Center uh, over in uh, Rhode Island. So I will be the next Command Master Chief for that assignment. And Christina and I are, are certainly looking forward to the next chapter. So you have had the most amazing tour with all of the vacation destinations. <laughs> that is correct. So I often joke that uh, we were overseas when we went to Jacksonville, Florida for those, uh, for those two years. We've been stationed in Hawaii, in Japan, and in Guam, uh, and then went overseas to Jacksonville, Florida, and then, of course, now here. 
Oh, that's awesome. I've been, I've been to all those places. Well, I've been to Six Fleet. I've been to Japan. I've been to Mayport, Jacksonville Mayport on the DeWert to become a DeWert. Those are great places. And I can attest to you there. Everybody's listening. CMC has had some great duty stations. I guarantee you. Hold on a second. So we, we got something in common. We're frigate sailors. That's, that's the I big <laughs> It is. Forever freaking gone. That's it. That's <laughs> it. We, hey, we know the pain. Yeah. Yeah. Now I didn't do the whole tour on it. I just did the deployment and the decom, but it, it was, it was fast paced, man. Those guys are hustling on that ship. It was, it was, you know, it was a tough tour, but I will tell you that the friendships that we made, uh, the crew from officers to the E6 and junior, you know, of course, to the cheese mess are friendships that, you know, we, until this day, we, uh, we're still going strong. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's definitely one of my favorite tours that I've ever made. So, 100% agree with you. It was a great tour, and I'm still friends with a lot of guys, a lot of the chiefs I was there with. Uh, no, it was a beautiful tour. I loved, I loved every second of it. But you know what? Everybody, when they hear resiliency, they think of uh, this. That's what our topic is today: resiliency. And they think of this boring GMT that we do every year, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I tell you what, today is not going to be your normal resiliency training. No. We're going to, we got, we got an expert over here who's <laughs> been diverse. Your story's diverse. When you came in the Navy's diverse, everything, and, and you've, you, you epitomize resiliency. So I think we're going to have a good show can today. You, yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, where you grew up where, and how you um, started and gotten to the Navy? Wow, that, that, now that's probably going to be the toughest questions that you ask me because I always get a little bit emotional when I think about that, right? Um, I grew up in Panama, the Republic of Panama. It's, uh, it's, it's seven of us, it's seven siblings. I'm the youngest one, believe it or not. And um, my father, I'm a mother, of course. And my sister married uh, an, an army uh, soldier. And the age of 16, they kind of adopted me and they brought me to the United States of America um, to a little place called Fort Polk, Louisiana, down in Lisville. Um, I, I just had a big dream. Uh, and I, I will tell you, I never imagined that from coming to Fort Polk, Louisiana, from going to Lisville and then going to Fort Bragg, North Carolina, that my life will take the spin that it took. Um, I've always been around the Army because I live immediately across uh, the Army base in Panama. So I always saw soldiers. I always saw the good things that they did. And for some reason, it always caught my attention. I, I always wanted to be one. Uh, so when the opportunity arose for me to come uh, to the United States via the Army, you can imagine that that's all I wanted to do. Um, of course, it didn't work out, believe it or not. Uh, I tried to join the Army. Um, there was a couple of things that we just couldn't get past with my uh, my residency, and and just so happened that there was a small window for the Navy, and a, and a Navy recruiter uh, overheard the conversation uh, that I was having with the Army recruiter, and uh, he, he told me. In fact, he was Puerto Rican, and uh, he overheard a conversation that I was having on the phone, and uh, he came up to me and he said he could help me, and uh, a week later. I found myself in Great Lake, Illinois. I didn't know what the Navy was. I had no clue what the Navy was. I can't even <laughs> swim. 
until this day. I cannot even do them. But here I am. Um, it was the best thing that could happen to me. Uh, it was the best decision, first decision I could have made. And after that, I have never looked back. What an inspiring story. And, you know, just to continue with your dream and overcome all of the obstacles that faced you, that really did take resiliency. And that's why, you know, we're just so happy to have you here to speak on this subject with us, because it is so um, something that you have lived and embodied, like he said. Would you uh, mind telling our listeners what resiliency means to you? Hey, before I tell you that, let, let me just tell you, you know, uh, interesting enough, I'm just JJ Gonzalez, right? I just so happen to be a chief petty officer in the greatest Navy in the world. And, and first of all, thank you for the opportunity for allowing me to provide some thoughts, right? Uh, everybody has their idea of what resiliency and toughness is. The Navy has, uh, has somewhat an idea of what resiliency and toughness it is. So I... Uh, sharing my thoughts with you guys and you allowing me to share those, those thoughts with, with, with the team is actually an honor. So again, I'm no expert. Uh, in fact, I'm learning just like all of us, everybody that is listening. Uh, but I am honored to be able to share uh, my, my thoughts on resiliency and toughness. Um, to me, is is rather simple, right? When I look at resiliency, is the ability to recover uh, quickly from something. How do you recover quickly for something? That's how I see uh, resiliency. And then when I look at toughness, uh, I look at that as the ability to deal with the hardship. When I look at those two words, uh, for some reason, I think that we think it means the same. Uh, but I think there's a slight difference on the two. So again, when I, when I look at resiliency, I think, I think that's just the capacity on how we recover, how we recover quickly from something. Uh, and then, of course, toughness, how we deal with it. Does that make sense? Oh, yeah. Oh, 100%. And I do agree with you. I think they are two very different things, uh, two very different uh, topics and words that we tend to push together mm -hmm. when we speak on resiliency. And, you know, as far as resiliency goes, it, us in the Navy is um, have been taught this from day one to bounce back every single time we go through adversity or whatever may be going on. Has there been any time in your naval career where you've had to um, use, I guess, resiliency other than just the everyday life, but just a specific time that you could share with us? Yes, I, I will say to you that, you know, I, I will always say that Naval Base Guam was probably uh, the, the the most interesting uh, duty station that I owe, that, that I had, simply because I learned a lot. And interesting enough, I dealt with both aspects: the resiliency piece and the toughness piece. Uh, when I was when I was there, I not only was dealing with personal issues that I had never experienced before, and and I was still a young command master chief. I was right at. 20. I was about to hit 20 when I was already on my second tour as a command master chief on a, on a very senior command. And the speed of the amount of incidents that I was having from sexual assault 
to suicidal ideations, to destructive behaviors, was I kind of taking the best out of me. And I had to, I had to kind of dig deep and understand that, that I needed to recover quickly, that I needed to be resilient, resilient enough to be able to bring the team up and continue to provide the leadership that they expected me to provide. And then to top it off, you know, I, I had a personal death in the family. I had a, you know, my mother-in-law um, died by suicide. And it was a tremendous hit for Christina and I. We weren't expecting it. So at that time, we knew, both of us, that we had to dig pretty deep. So not only with the workload, but also with our personal load. And I, it is then when I find out one key thing, resiliency and toughness, two different things. Because as I was battling through my own dem demons, I figured out that I needed to be resilient, but I also needed to be tough. And I needed to keep fighting. How many people will come to my rescue? How many people, how many tools um, were, were available for me and we were using, it was completely up to me in order for me to continue to fight forward. No, man, that's, that's, that's a lot to deal with. You're dealing with all that, all that stuff that's going on at your command. Like you said, the suicide ideologies, the, the destructive behavior, and then you have to deal, you have to deal with your personal life too, which was, you know, not an easy task. You know, your mother-in-law, you know, passing away from suicide and, and then we, we go into COVID. COVID changed the game for everybody, and especially the military, right? Because even though the you know, civilians, you know, they were advised to you know, quarantine, but they're, they're under different rules than we are. So we were ordered by the four-star. We will not do A, B, and C. No restaurants, hell, no even, no haircuts, no bars. So our, our limitations for off-duty off activity became very minimal. Now, how did you, now I know you were a CMC when that happened. Did you, did you see a change in your, in your sailors? Hey, that, that, that is actually a phenomenal point. Uh, hey, let's talk about the haircut first. You can see uh, Italy is uh, in another lockdown. We just started on a lockdown last Monday. So all the, the barbershops are closed. So I get to grow up my hair, you know, we'll see what happens here next. Um, but all jokes aside, um, absolutely. But then again, here's the easy way to put it. You know, as I've been in this Navy now for 26 years and a, a chief petty officer for, for quite some time, I have realized now more than ever. And this is, you know, to some people, it might sound cliche or it might sound corny to make it simple. This is a true example, again, of how resilient and tough our sailors are. We are operating at a level that it's, it's breaking records. Now, you know, as a chief petty officer, as a command master chief, it's easy to applaud those records, but those records come on the back of our sailors and their families. And somehow, somehow, we continue to meet the challenge, somehow the enemy which exists, the enemy that is real, power of competition is not just a term, it's there. And somehow those enemies, as I call, they know that we're there. 
And we're there because of the resiliency of our teams. You know, as I see our sailors operating on upward of 100 plus days with our Liberty ports, all I can say is take my hat off. I have never operated in that environment. I have never lived in that environment. Any leader in the Navy today, any of them, any chief mess leading at sea today is a special kind of chief mess, simply because what they were taught by us as we passed down wisdom and as we initiated them, we did not pass anything on what they're dealing with today. You know, I can go back to my days at sea and the longest probably that we were on the way was 48, 49 days. Now we're talking 100 plus day. Now, is it a challenge? Certainly. Is it a challenge that our sailors have stepped up to the plate and are operating, are answering the call? 100%. And we're learning some things, 100%. We're learning that, you know, things like in better mental health, things like face-to-face discussion, things that somehow we, things that you're doing right here, this, this, as I told you earlier today, this makes a difference because this is a way for us to still connect, able to listen to the challenge that many of us are doing, using those tools and then using those tools to cope forward with this interesting environment that just doesn't go away. Just two weeks ago, we thought that Naples, Italy was going to open up. We were talking about allowing sailors to take leave. We were talking about traveling. And next thing you know, a third wave of COVID hit us, you know? And when it hit us, it hit us hard. You know, back in October, um, Christina and I both tested positive for COVID. And I will say to you that, you know, not to take anything away from anybody because there are much worse cases than, than what we had. It hit us pretty hard. And it humbled me, I tell you. My body was aching in a manner that I never thought it could hurt. You know, it took me quite a long time to recover. I'm, I'm a run. I'm a runner. I love to run. And uh, it took almost six months for me to be able to run at the pace that I was, that I was running. Not only that, but my lungs were not the same. My body was not the same. And I would say to you that, I, again, I need to sit back. Okay, I can sit here and beat myself up. Or I can sit here and fight this through because it's not changing. And I see that attitude all across our people. Now, of course, it, it, it affects everybody differently. So is there some people that needs more attention? Certainly. I've had chapters in my life where I needed more attention. So my point to that is, you know, in this current environment that we are, you know, we need to understand that, that if we need to take a knee, if we need to ask for help, this is the time to do it. And it's okay to do it. And, and I know personally that there are plenty of people that are willing to help. Yeah, you know, Master, you. Master Chief, I, you said something that sparked my interest, and I know so many sailors are probably dealing with this because I have dealt with this personally, but you said that you had to obviously have resiliency, and in these things we have learned, resiliency, 
but develop the mental toughness is is something that you had to overcome or to build and this is when you're dealing with these hard issues in the navy in the work and then on top of that you have personal things going on like your mother-in-law you know uh, even for our myself you know recruiting in a covid environment has not been easy and then on top of that my husband has a stroke and so here we go we everyone is battling these two different issues how did you start to build your toughness uh, the mental toughness the warrior toughness that we've talked about hey uh Thanks for sharing the, the little comment about your husband. Hey, he, I, I'm, I'm glad you're okay. Yeah, I said, you're doing all right. So again, there is, a, there is another chapter of resiliency and toughness because there you are fighting through. So good to see you back, teammate. Share a little personal story with you real quick so I can answer the question that you just asked me. You know, I almost called you guys and canceled this actually because uh, I am in route for emergency leave. Um, I am actually in, in a few days, in about three days, Christina and I are gonna get on a plane and I'm gonna go to Panama uh, to visit my mother who is actually not doing good uh, health-wise. And, I, and I'm, I'm hoping uh, that, that I'll get there in time and everything is okay. I'll share that chapter with you for two reasons. Number one, again, as I told you, it's an honor for you to ask me to share my thoughts. But most importantly, it's because I know that there is a lot of us that are dealing with so much pain, so much, so much chaos, our families, our duties, our work stress that doesn't change. But at the end of the day, it is all about you, the individual, you know? Uh, I am amazed each and every time I get to share a room with sailors and I hear stories, stories about their families, story about their personal, um, their personal goings. And I am just amazed on how they just can punch, keep punching above their weight, every one of them. I, I will say to you that the things that we're doing to continue to just be us, to continue to just be individuals that not just work in any company, we swear to support and defend the constitution. That itself is a weight in our shoulders. And now you add COVID, you add the restrictions, you add our own personal challenges. Anybody that continues to move forward should be very proud of themselves. It, there's no other way to put it. So I would say to you, hey, you know, and to every single person that is listening out there, just keep fighting. Don't take the gloves off. You've, you're, doing, you're proving it. You're proving it as it is. That for, for some odd reason, you continuously move forward. Don't forget, you know, what do I do? I will tell you that I remind myself, I remind myself often about those stories. And I remember, remind myself of the struggles that I've had. That builds my toughness. I use my own failures, my own lessons, my own step backs. But when I look at the things that I've been through already, I say, okay, 
hey, I went through that and somehow I got up and I kept going. I'm not going to let this one stop me. And then in the Navy, in the Navy side of the house, you know, back in 2017, but we can go much farther than that. We had two incredible accidents at sea. The USS McCain, John S. McCain and the USS Fitzgerald. And as people, there was a question that you asked, um, that you sent me, and you talk about some of the misconception of toughness. And I think that when people look at toughness, some people think that we're not tough. Hold on a minute. We have proven. We have proven that we are tough and we are resilient. The USS John S. McCain and the US, USS Fitzgerald were able to stay afloat because of the resiliency, the toughness, and the willingness of those sailors to fight the ship, to keep going. Yes, we lost 17 sailors. Personally, I knew too, personally. My kids played with one of them and my other one was my teammate in Naval Base One. And I will say to you that although it hurt my heart and I, until this day, I have still hurt. But there is a whole lot of other lives that were able to come home, that were able to fight the ship thanks to the resiliency and the toughness. So when I look at that, when I remember, remind myself of that, that's all I need in the Navy side of the house to keep moving forward. Wow. Wow. And I, I want to I touch back up on something you said earlier that really hit me hard. I remember as a young chief, uh, for, you know, freshly smelling like Navy Exchange still, I uh, sitting in the 3MC office, I was a 3MC, I took over a felling program and I just, I was always like, I can't do this, I give up. I thought that. And I started reviewing my, my words of wisdom that I had gotten that season. And it pushed me forward. It, you know, made me get back up and keep working. And I think about those chiefs that are at sea now that can't go back and look, there's no wisdom for that, like you said. That helped me, I don't know what they're doing to keep them going. I don't know how they're digging deep and, you know, digging deep in the bowels to keep their, keep them motivating sailors, keeping the sailors doing the job. But I tell you what, my hat's off to them. Hats to all, hats off all to all of them. You know, he, I, I think we don't talk enough about that. I think sometimes we tend to just look at negativity, right? Uh, and, and, and at the end of the day, you know, yes, it's the cheese mess. It's the first class mess. It's the war room. It's the E5 and junior. It's, it's that team, that young team on the domestic that somehow are dealing with things that we don't even know about, and yet they're taking care of each other. Man, the one thing that I could honestly tell you, and I, I, I wasn't, I certainly was not born a sailor, right? Uh, but I'm going to die a sailor. And I will say to you that 100%, I know that our teams take care of each other. That's just, it is in the nature of what we do. And I will say to you, uh, we, we do get caught up on, on the numbers of suicide ideations, or, or on the numbers of disruptive behaviors. But the one thing that I ask the team to always do is, okay, we, we need to learn from that and we need to take care of those teammates. But don't forget about all the great things that they're doing too. Don't forget about the signature behaviors, the good things that they're doing, the, the, the amount of people that are being saved because of teammates because of teammates willing to ask the question, are you okay? Do you need help? That's what makes us strong. That's the difference. So I, I, to your point, I don't know how they're doing it. I cannot, I cannot even 
imagine how they're dealing with it because they are not given any tools. They are making the toolbox that they're going to pass to us. It's easy for us to sit out here and, you know, criticize the man on the arena. I'm the sixth fleet command master chief. Every deployer, I got a carrier strike group here right now with thousands of sailors. And I will tell you that the command masters of that aircraft carrier, the command master of that cruiser and that destroyer, the command masters of, of that submarine that is underwater dealing with the threats that comes with the competition that is alive, I can't be on their, on, on their, on, on their shoes. I, I don't know how to be on their shoes. I will be making up the toolbox for the next generation. So to your point, yes, they are dealing with this and they're building the tools. They're gonna to pass down the wisdom and when they come back, they're gonna tell us how they did it. And then we can put it on our charge book and we can use it down the line. That's a exactly. great, you know, I remember what you just said. Yeah, I tell you what, tell you what CMC, the Navy, the Navy gave us an impossible task and the E1, the seaman recruit to the four-star admiral took it and turned, pardon my French, that shit into gold. And they're doing it every day. It is, you know, a, I, and again, not because I work for a flag officer. Please, you know, don't get it twisted. I, I always remind myself that I am a, I'm a sailor. I, I'm, I'm a petty officer. I'm a, I'm a fireman recruit. And then I'm a chief. Uh, that's, that's what I, continuously remind myself, I, I can't be a chief if I wasn't a petty officer first. That's the essence of being a chief. And I will say to you that I am always amazed at the leadership that the Navy has. You know, my current Admiral, Vice Admiral Gene Black, the amount of decisions that he makes and the amount of thoughts that go into every decision do we really need to close the barbershops and why do we, can we keep them open? What if we put all this thing in place? It is amazing the things that the questioning attitude that they put in place before they make any decision. And, and the decisions are not easy for them neither. You know, as they turn around and they ask for my recommendation and I give the recommendation. Sometimes we sit on that couch and we look at each other and we say, well, we hope this was the right decision. But you know what? It's us and the team, and we're making it. And we're making it for the best, with the best information that we have available and with the best interest in mind to protect our force. And in order to still answer the call of duty, because that's not going away, right? The, the enemy doesn't care about COVID. The enemy is still operating. In fact, the enemy might be operating at a higher rate, understanding that we are dealing with this pandemic. But I hope they don't get it twisted because we didn't slow down. Damn right. <laughs> the amount of transparency that you have shown us today, which, by the way, we want to, you know, send our thoughts to your family back in Panama yeah. and, you know, just you have shown us that even though you are a senior enlisted in the command master chief six fleet you are still dealing with issues that all of us are dealing with but the uh positivity and the resiliency that you're showing is an example for us that we can carry forward 
um, into our own daily lives. And we just really appreciate that transparency with, that you've showed us. Isi Day, thank you for the opportunity. I, I, I cannot stress that enough. Uh, I appreciate what you guys are doing. I think exploiting this type of things and, and, and making our team better, developing our teams, understanding that we are having all of these challenges in front of us, and yet you are taking the time to make us better. Hats off to both of you. And I just want you, one more question for you, because I know the answer, what the answer is going to be. So all these, all these old, old salts, you know, that talk about the new generation is weak. Uh, I bet you got a, you got a message. I, I, do you, I'm sure you don't believe that after the way I heard you speak. No, I don't. And I'll tell you what, um, you, you hit a little nerve there. Uh, yeah. I will tell you again, it's easy to throw rocks at the man in the arena. It is easy to talk about what you did back then, but what you did back then is not today. What you learned back then cannot be used today. It is impossible. The threat, the amount of, of, of things, the speed of information, the way that the enemy has evolved, all of it is different. And anybody that is wearing the uniform today, anybody that is willing to don the clothes of our nation, anybody, that is willing to say they will support and protect against foreign enemies, foreign and domestic, is special. And if you can sit back and you can actually talk about that team, that person that is willing to do that, you yourself have to check yourself. And perhaps you probably need to read the oath again because that oath is written in blood. And there is a lot of people that has paid that price. And because of that, we still do what we do. Because of that, we're still answering the call of duty. Because of that, on our all volunteer force, we're still getting people to do it. For whatever reason, there are people that come here because, you know, a need. I came, I came into the military because it was a dream of mine. Because I wanted to be a soldier. That's what I wanted to be. And it's been the best decision that I've ever made. And it has allowed me to grow from thinking that I was going to do only four or five years to now looking at my timeline and not wanting to retire. Because I absolutely love what I do. But what I love the most is seeing the American sailor answer the call of duty the way that they do. And their willingness to fight. To fight and pay the ultimate price. And that, my man, is irreplaceable. Hey, shit, you can sit back, you can talk about us all day. You can talk about us cheese being too young and not knowing what, what, what we do. You can talk about the petty officers all you want. Get in the arena, come on over, take a look at what we're doing today. That's my message to every single one of them. I like that. And yeah. thank you so much for that. And I, I'm, I hope, we got some young sailors going to listen to this and, and hold, hold their head sticks, uh, holds up a little higher because of what you said. That was spot on.
So inspiring. Thank you so much, CNC, for being on with us today. And uh, we just, like I said, appreciate all of your words of wisdom and your motivation and everything that's going to carry us through this, this time when the nation, when our Navy needs resiliency and toughness. Well, thank you so much. Uh, and, and I will say to you, you know, uh, I'll give you two, two, two thoughts. Number one, I can't stop thanking you guys. Um, thank you for taking a chance. Thank you for, I guess this is season number two. Thank you for season number two. Uh, thank you for investing in our teams. Investing in our teams is critical to the de development of our teams. We can't, we can't do it without teams like you. And the second thing is, uh, you know, my teammate, uh, Fleet Walters, you know, he's a, a Navy SEAL. And uh, he, 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 he uh, recently shared a thought with us. And that thought was pretty simple. He said, Vince Lombardi says, confidence is contagious. So is the lack of confidence. To anybody that is listening out there, out there be confident. Do it. You are donning the cloth of our nation. That itself, it's special. Don't stop wanting to beat the enemy. Don't, because the enemy is out there. And as long as you have that fierce desire to beat them, you're going to do great things. And then translate that to your personal life. Don't give up the shit. God bless. Thanks. Yeah, wow. That was, awesome. was so good. That's and, awesome. and with that being said, we'll end here. We wish you fair winds and following seas.